If you've been uh, with us for a while, we've uh, been uh, on a focus of the invitation, kind of a revival series that we're doing on Sunday mornings. And uh, this morning we're uh, focusing on honest. The invitation to be honest. That can call silence, can't it? The, uh, have you ever asked somebody something and maybe there's a pause and then they precede their answer by saying this, well, to be perfectly honest. And I'm thinking when someone precedes an answer like that, I'm thinking, okay, did they say that because normally they would lie to me? Is that why they're saying, well, to be perfectly honest? So sometimes when people say that, it might kind of give you a red flag. I better kind of watch out what this person says. I'm not sure. Although some people just have a habit of saying that, just meaning, okay, I just want to be blunt here. But to be honest... Isn't honesty what we're supposed to be? Matter of fact, if you look at the, the Ten Commandments, there's the Ninth Commandment that tells us not to lie, not to bear a false witness. It's a uh, divine guideline from God that if we want to live a productive and good life, we need to be honest. And so this morning we're looking at a scripture in Acts chapter 5 where a man and a woman were given an invitation to be honest. And yet they weren't. They weren't honest with the people around them, and they weren't honest with God. And there's some uh, side effects that come from that. From this particular scripture, the side effects were very dramatic, more dramatic than what sometimes we would see in life. But I have come to find that no matter what degree of dishonesty we have, there's always a side effect that comes from it. Sometimes it's severe, sometimes it's minor. And it doesn't matter if it's just an, what we'd call, you know, it's amazing how we like to kind of broaden categories, don't we? It doesn't matter where it's just an out-and-out out lie, which probably most people are familiar with that expression. He just out-and-out out lied to me. Out-and-out. Out. I'm not sure what out-and-out out has to do with anything, but out-and-out. Out. That means he just flat-out just told me a lie, looked me in the eyes. And then there's the other minor category that we call what? The white lie. The white lie. That's just, you know, I didn't tell all the facts. Uh, you know, I didn't say exactly, you know. Just a little, you know, I didn't really hurt anything. Just a little white lie. And those little white lies can come in various forms, can't they? Where we just kind of distort things just a little bit and not tell a person something. Matter of fact, uh, sometimes we justify many things. Uh, Sometimes what you do from the fact of maybe we're supposed to be at an appointment and somebody said, now be sure and be on time. And you, you come in late and they say, oh, I'm sorry, sorry, the traffic was terrible. Well, it might have been worse than usual, but you left 15 minutes later than you were supposed to. And you didn't throw that party in there. That's just a little bit white line. The invitation to be honest. There was a, uh, some of you may have read, uh, Growing Deep in the Christian Life by Chuck Swindoll. He tells a story in that about a couple, a man that was dating a woman, and they were going on a picnic. And they went to Kentucky Fried Chicken to get them some chicken to take with them on the picnic. And so they ordered their chicken, got their Kentucky Fried Chicken bucket, and took that with them on the picnic. And when they got laid out for the picnic, they opened up the bucket just to find out that that bucket was full of money. $800 worth of money was in that bucket. The man packs everything up and says, we got to take this back. So he leaves the picnic, 
with a woman, goes back to the Kentucky Fried Chicken just to find out that the people there, especially the manager, is frantic because he's not sure what has happened to that money. He comes in and he says, Sir, uh, he said, I came in to order some chicken for us to go on a picnic. And when we got there, here's what we found. And he opens it up and there's $800. And the, man is, the manager is just ecstatic. He's going, great. Oh, man, we're so worried. That, that was our profit for the day. And we didn't know what had happened to it. And we was concerned somebody got a hold of it. And the employee that waited on you accidentally picked up the bucket. I had put money in instead of the bucket of chicken. And he said, I am so glad that you're such an honest man. You don't run across that, especially somebody getting what could have been a free gift of $800. He said, matter of fact, I am so excited. I'm going to call the newspaper and have them come down and do an interview of you of how honest you are. Maybe it'll impact other people that way. And he said, no, 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 no. Don't call the newspaper. And he thought he was just being humble. He said, no, 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 this is worthy to honor you for being so honest and impact other people. He said, no, 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 no. And he pulls it over the side. He said, no newspaper. The lady that's on the picnic with me is my girlfriend, but she's married to another man. He had to kind of tell the truth, didn't he? To be honest. The invitation to be honest. Let's look at Acts chapter 5 and see what happened in the Scriptures. As, and I'm reading this out of the New King James Version of a man named Ananias and his wife Sapphira. And kind of give you a little background of what was happening. This was when the, uh, the Holy Spirit was really moving. People were being saved. People's hearts were being changed. And this is after Christ has ascended up to heaven. And uh, people are so in love with the Lord and so committed to love each other that they uh, had compassion for those who were struggling financially. And so some people were bringing money and giving it to the apostles to distribute to those who were in need. And some people were selling their possessions and bringing all the money that they got for that possession they sold so they could help the needy. And so there had been kind of this awe of people who had given so generously and bringing the whole benefit of a sale to help the needy. And so Ananias and Sapphira decided they'll kind of jump in on this party. And here's what it tells us in verse, or chapter 5 and verse 1 of Acts. It says, But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession, and he kept back part of the proceeds, his wife also being aware of it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias... Why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? So here, Peter is confronting them. The Holy Spirit is revealed to Peter. They don't, they're saying they're bringing all the money that they got for that land, but that's not all of it. And so Peter says, why, why have you lied about this? And he goes on to say in verse 3, but Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? And then he begins to explain in verse 4, While it remained in your possession, was it not your own? And after it sowed, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? Why you have not lied to men, but to God? Verse 5 says, Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. Basically, the Bible says Ananias just dropped dead right there at their feet. Now, to understand, he's bringing this money and he's saying, here's all the money we got for the sale of this land. But God puts it in Peter's heart and Peter knows that's not all the money that you got. 
He said, why, why have you allowed Satan to fill you with this lie in your heart? He said, when you sold it, it was your money. You could do whatever you want to with it. It was in your control. Basically, Peter was saying, you didn't have to bring it all. You could have brought part of it if that's what you wanted to do. It was within your, your, your control, but you brought it and said, here's all that we got. You lied. And he drops dead. And the Bible tells us in verse 5, so great fear came upon all those who heard these things. And verse 6 says, And the young men arose and wrapped him up and carried him out and buried him. Now it was about three hours later when his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. So Sapphira apparently, just kind of picturing this in my mind, she's decided to kind of make a grand entrance. Three hours has passed, and we don't know the facts, but I'm kind of looking at this, and I'm thinking, all right, this kind of gives me a picture of Sapphira has allowed him to go, and everybody's kind of seen what's happened. The word has spread. So when I come in, it's going to be, Sapphira, way to go. That was awesome of you to sell that land and to give it all. So she's probably expecting all the pats on the back, all the praise, and how awesome you are. But the Bible goes on to tell us, in verse 8, And Peter answered her, Tell me whether you sow the land for so much. And she said, Yes, for so much. So Peter's just laying it out here. Let's, let's see if she's really going to be honest. Did you sell the land for this amount of money? Yes, we did. Verse 9 says, Then Peter said to her, How is it that you have agreed together to test the Spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. And then immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. And the young men came in and found her dead and carrying her out, buried her by her husband. And so great fear came upon all the church and upon all who heard these things. Man, it would change things dramatically if dramatic things happened like that when we lied, wouldn't it? And they don't. This was extreme times and extreme things happened. And the Bible tells us that great fear moved among those who were part of that church because they were seeing how God was moving and how important it was to follow God's leadership and to be honest. And if dramatic things happened like this, it would change us. Or if even dramatic things happened like Pinocchio. Many of you have read the story of Pinocchio and you remember that every time he lied, his nose grew longer, didn't it? What if our noses grew longer every time we told a lie? Whether it was white lie or just one of those out-and-out -out lies. Either people would be going around with big noses or we'd quit lying, wouldn't we? The Bible is letting us know here that with God, when you come before His presence, God is looking for an open and an honest heart. And here Sapphira was given the opportunity, the invitation to be honest. But she wasn't honest. And you know, I, I've thought about it. Why do, why do people lie? And I kind of came up with three basic categories of why people lie. There's the avoidance category, I would say. Sometimes people lie to avoid a situation, to avoid punishment. It's kind of the cover-up type thing. People will lie sometimes because they want to avoid. Avoid punishment, avoid a, an encounter, a situation, an awkwardness. They want to avoid and then there's a category that I call the impression category. That's where I put Ananias and Sapphira. Sometimes people lie to make a big impression on somebody. I was reading some different facts about the surveys that they've done about people lying. And one of the things that caught my interest about impressions was that they, when they did this survey, they found out that when it came to the question, have you ever lied 
on a first date that 61% of the people surveyed said that they lied on the first date. Why did they do that? Trying to make an impression on the person that they were dating. And then there's a category that I would put as the profit category. That's where someone lies because it's going to profit them. They're going to gain in some way. Matter of fact, uh, as I was reading this survey of these different questions and the question was asked, is it okay to lie to the IRS, the Internal Revenue? Now, I really was expecting the percentage to be higher than this, but the percentage was 24% of the people that said or answered this survey said that they felt it was okay to lie to the government, to lie to the IRS in if it would give you a little more money to keep back. What was interesting was they broke this category down of this 24% of the men asked, 30% of them said it was okay to lie. Now, your women would be glad to know you were a little more honest. And the women said, no, only 16% of the women said it was okay to lie to the IRS. There was a book written, The Day America Told the Truth. It was written in 1991. And the question was asked in this book, all right, America, we just want to know the truth about how low you will go. And the question was asked with eight responses or eight questions to go along with it. What are you willing to do for... Here's the question, $10 million. Now remember, I told you those categories, the category of avoidance. You're trying to cover up something, avoid punishment. There's a category of impression. That's where Ananias and Sapphira was. They want to make an impression. That's why 61% people lie on the first date. They're trying to make an impression on the person they're dating. But then there's the lying because of profit. And so they ask the question, what are you willing to do for $10 million. What was unique about this uh, survey that was done of these people, two-thirds of the eight questions that were asked, would you be willing to do this for $10 million? Two-thirds of the people answered yes to one of these questions. So two-thirds of the people said, I'd do about anything for $10 million. But here were the questions. Would you abandon your entire family? 25% of the people that were asked the question for $10 million, would you abandon your entire family? One-fourth of the people said yes. Would you abandon your church? A fourth of them said yes. Probably the same a fourth, I guess. Would you become a prostitute for a week or more for $10 million? A fourth of them said yes. Would you give up your American citizenship? This was what was surprising. Only 16% said they would give it up for $10 million. Would you leave your spouse? 16% said yes. Would you withhold a testimony and let a murderer go free for $10 million? 10% said they would. Would you kill a stranger? 7%. And the percentages go on down. But you can see that for $10 million, profit, gain, telling a lie was okay in their eyes. Matter of fact, in some of the statistics I was reading... Some of, how many of you here use Netflix? Anybody? Oh, pretty big, uh, pretty big group. When they're asking the question about lying and so forth from a survey that they did, they found out that uh, of this survey that 33% of the people said it was okay to lie by using someone else's code to be able to get Netflix for free for yourself. Basically, the, a third of the people said, hey, if it'll save me some money, it's okay to use somebody else's information. Pretend you're somebody else and not have to pay yourself. 
the kind of sharing type thing, for profit or for gain. Look at all of that and you see that. Matter of fact, look to your left. Some of, the other left for some of you. I wish I had a video of that. Look to your left. Now look to your right. All right, you just look, you look at me. You've just looked at three people. Based on those surveys that I said, one of us three would lie to you. A third of the people are going to lie about some situation. And here in the Scriptures, you done, somebody done picked out it was one that would be a liar. <laughs> I better not mention that he's a deacon candidate <laughs> to be ordained. But a third of people would lie for some reason. And yet we look at the Scriptures and is it important to God to be honest? I said that in the uh, Old Testament, in the book of Exodus chapter 20, it gives us the Ten Commandments. And the ninth one says to not lie, to not bear a false witness. And the word that was used there for false or for lying is the word periazo. The word periazo in its clearest form means to breach faith or discredit faith. When it says to not to lie or not to bear a false witness, it's basically saying don't tell something that will cause somebody not to have faith in you again. Don't tell something. Don't make an impression in some way that when the person finds out, it would cause them to discredit their faith in you. You know what? One of the worst things that can happen to a preacher or a pastor is for people to have a breach of faith in him. To discredit their faith. Here we look at the Scriptures and in those Ten Commandments, did you know it's, those Ten Commandments are not just for preachers? It's for everybody. So it's pretty important in the eyes of God to be honest, isn't it? To just tell it like it is. Tell the truth. Even when it hurts, even when it's not profitable, even when it doesn't make the best impression. Just to be honest. There were two questions in these Scriptures that were asked to Ananias and Sapphira that I want to kind of address real quickly this morning. One is in verse 4. In verse 4 when Peter was saying, while this money remained, was it not your own? And after it was so, was it not in your control to do whatever you want? And he asked this last question. He said, why have you conceived this thing in your heart? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You see, being dishonest, whether it's for cover something up or to make an impression or to gain something. It's not just something that clicks in the head, but it comes from the heart. And the Bible tells us that the heart is deceitful. But you know what it tells us also about the heart? That God knows the very intents of the heart. And yet the Scriptures is letting us know here that why did you conceive this in your heart? You haven't lied to men, he said. You've lied to God. When we're dishonest, whether it's for impression purposes or whether it's to gain or whether it's to avoid some punishment, the first step in that being dishonest or lying is not to someone else, but it's to God. Because the Bible tells us we'll all stand and give an account before the Lord for all that we've done. You see, when we're lying, it's not just lying to someone else, but it's lying to God. As Ananias and Sapphira found out the hard way. And you know, when it comes to just being honest, the invitation to be honest, some people will say, you know what, to be honest, 
you got to be honest with yourself first. Be honest with yourself first. But I would say be honest with God first. You see, you and I will never really, if you're listening, say amen. This is real important. You and I will never truly be completely honest till we're honest with God. And that's the reason I say you got to be honest with God first before you're even honest before yourself because we, even when we think we're being honest, and I don't want you to raise your hand. Understand this, nobody raise your hand. But have you ever been given a question and it's kind of an invitation to be honest and you've already told a lie and then you kind of adjust a little bit to be a little bit honest? I've done that before. Not in the pulpit. But I've done that before. Okay, I, I, I didn't tell the full truth. I'm being confronted. Okay, I'll adjust a little bit. And, and Is that the whole truth? Oh, come on, give me a break. We adjust a little bit. That's the reason I say that, to be honest, you got to be honest with God first. Because when we're honest to God, God's Spirit, that sounds a little funny, doesn't it? To be honest with God. When we're honest with God, His Spirit begins to work and cleanse in us and helps us see from God's perspective. Does that make sense? And only when we're honest to God can we truly be honest with ourselves, and then be honest with others. You know what the Bible tells us? That Satan is the father of all lies. Now, Cowboy said amen because Cowboy's old enough like me that he remembers a comedian named Flip Wilson. And Flip Wilson, one of his, some of you are smiling because you remember Flip Wilson too. The other ones are going, who? There's a guy named Flip that's on the American Ninja Warrior, but who's this Flip Wilson? Flip Wilson was a comedian and one of his favorite lines was, the devil made me do it. Sometimes when we look and we lie, we say, well, the devil made me do it. No, the devil may tempt you. He may tempt me, but he can't make us do it. He can tempt us. He can try to dangle carrots before us, which makes it look appealing. But the devil cannot make us lie. He can only tempt us. And so the Bible tells us in James, if you want to go to James, and I can't go there for the sake of time right now, but if you go to James chapter 1, the Bible clearly tells us that sin begins when we are tempted, just like a lie is a sin. It's missing the mark of what God wants for us. And when we're tempted, the temptation conceives in our heart and then it gives birth to sin. So temptation is the beginning, but it's whether you and I make the choice to give birth to that sin or not. The Bible's telling us, why have you conceived this thing in your heart? Some of you in the service today have probably, right now, you're dealing with the fact that there's something you've said, something you've done, that you know is a lie, and God's dealing with your heart right now, and He's asking you the question, and you're thinking about it, why have I conceived this thing in my heart? Why did I allow that to come out of me? Why did I do that? Why have I, why didn't I just be honest? Probably you weren't honest because you were afraid of the punishment, the impression it would make, or the profit that you would lose. The second question I want to answer here is in verse 9. It's when Peter said to Ananias, How is it that you have agreed together to test the Spirit of the Lord? Now the first question is, why do we conceive these things in our heart? We're trying to avoid punishment. We're trying to make an impression. We're trying to gain or make profit. But the second question is, why have you tested the Spirit of the Lord? The word tested there 
means to tempt. It means to put to the test. It means to cover up. Why have you tried to cover this up? And when I was reading about that word in the original writing of test, one of the definitions that is used sometimes really caught my attention. It was the definition of test to trap. To trap. If we look at that, why have you tried to trap the Spirit of the Lord? Listen, you and I cannot trap the Spirit of the Lord. We cannot lie to the Lord. We can't cover it up because the Bible tells us God knows the very intents of our heart. And you know what? You can fool some of the people some of the time. Some of you may know somebody you think, man, I can fool them anytime. But what I've learned from the Scriptures and through life experiences, you can't fool God any of the time. And so Peter asked Sapphira, why have you agreed to tempt, to try to trap, to try to test the Spirit of the Lord. I want to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment. Has God been working in your heart this morning with this invitation to be honest? Is it time to be honest with your spouse? Is it time to be honest with your parents? Is it time to be honest with your children? Is it time to be honest with your employer? Is it just time to be honest with God and just deal with whatever God is speaking to you about? And maybe it's something that you've covered up or maybe it's time to be honest with God and just say, God, I haven't been doing this like I should have been. I haven't been serving you like I should. I haven't been giving like I should. God, it is time to be honest. Is God speaking to your heart about the invitation to be honest this morning? It may be that right now, if God's speaking to your heart, you just need to slip out of the pew and come kneel at the altar and just say, God, it's time for me to be honest. For some, it may be something small. For some, it may be something big. But it's time to be honest. You know, it's, it's tempting to just say, okay. And you can. You can be honest with God right there in the pew where you're at. But sometimes we're not fully honest till we take a step. It's a hard step, but it's an invitation, a time to be honest. If God's speaking to your heart in some area where you need to be honest with your spouse, with your children, with your parents, with your employer, just be honest with God. Would you deal with that this morning? Lord, we come to you today. Lord, I know that we'll never fully be who we should be Lord, we'll never fully gain all that we can gain in life till we're honest with you. We'll never be honest with ourselves. We'll never be honest with others until we're honest with you. And Lord, I I believe that you put this in my heart this morning just so some would get things right in their life because Lord, when there's sin in our life, it's like a barrier between you and us. And to be honest, we're never going to be fully what we can be and what to get the blessings that God wants us to have until we're honest. 
just a moment, Casey's going to sing this song, but while your heads are bowed, I want you to listen to the words. Truth is harder than a lie. The dark seems safer than the light. And everyone has a heart that loves to hide. I'm a mess, and so are you. We've built walls nobody can get through. Yea, it may be hard, but the best thing we could ever do, ever do, is to be honest. Bring your brokenness, and I'll bring mine. Cause love can heal what hurts divide. And mercy's waiting on the other side, if we're honest, if we're honest. Some of you may be covering up hurt and pain in your life, brokenness, bitterness, things that you're just trying to just kind of suppress it, hide it. But you'll never fully get the blessings of God till you're honest. And so if you've got brokenness or hurt that needs healing in your life, would you just be honest? God's given an invitation to heal you and to restore you. You see, it's not only just telling a lie, but it's suppressing lies in your life. The song goes on to say, don't pretend to be something that you're not. Living life afraid of getting caught. There is freedom found when we lay our secrets down at the cross. At the cross. It would change our lives. It would set us free. It's what we need to be if we're honest. Lord, I just come to you this morning and as Casey so beautifully sings this song, Lord, I pray that we'll be honest with you this morning. In your holy name we pray. Amen. You can just stay where you're at. Just listen to this song as Casey so beautifully sings it.